I mean, it's crazy what's going on here. And, and obviously, touch about the uh, current times and the new album and talk kittens and green hair. And then I guess let's start with that. But is the green hair just for St. Patty's Day, or, or are you going to hang on to that for a while? You know, I get so bored of myself so fast. I just decided to try this, like, green color, and now I can't get it out. <laughs> so it's just, like, staying there for a little while, and I'm just going to let it fade into whatever it turns into. And since I'm home, then nobody's going to see me anyway, you know, so why not? Roll with the green. How was right. the uh, how was the live Facebook event you guys did? Uh, we've had two little Facebook lives. Um, the first one was just for the album release um, on Friday the 13th, and then we did like a little acoustic kind of jam session. Um, our drummer's actually, he flew home to see, to help his parents out because they're kind of getting up there in age. So it was mm. the last little like shindig we could get together um, before he went to go take care of his, his family. It was good. It was cool. I mean, I mean, with, with streaming, you're not going to get the whole experience of a live performance. Like, you know, you're basically getting what you would see on YouTube except in real time. It's still not the same, you know? I guess it's all we got right now, though, with this whole coronavirus and, and the world on lockdown, pretty much. I know. We do. Um, we are announcing new dates for Thrash and Box Tour next on Monday. Oh, great. Um, there will be new dates for that if, you know, the world hasn't, like, it fixed itself by then, hopefully. We're, we're praying. How cool is that, Sebastian Bach picking, hand-selecting you guys and, and being all kind of lovey-dovey on Twitter and, like, giving you guys all kind of plugs about hand-selecting you guys for this tour. Must feel super cool for you, I'm sure, as a, as a singer yourself. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, a legend. And there's some of those songs on the first Skid Row album he's going to be performing, and I just, like, grew up with that. You know, like, just, I remember you. You know, those songs are just, yeah. like, like, legendary songs, and it's going to be really cool to see it live. So, obviously, we were really excited, and then, you know, everything kind of just, I almost feel like I was in shock for a little bit. Like, what's happening now? I'm starting to kind of get my feet in this new world that we're living in right now. And I think that there's got to be a positive in everything. Something good is going to come out of all this, I feel like, you know? I, I really hope for a lot of uh, uh, music musical baby, so to speak, with everyone sitting at home, you know, maybe get the creative juices flowing and, and some more music comes out of it all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've already been working on stuff and, you know, we've got a couple songs in the oven, uh, if you will, and trying to stay productive as much as possible, doing little things like having uh, little like movie nights with the fans and staying in touch, doing little, you know, question of the days and trying to connect as much as possible without being able to go to their city. Right. Yeah, trying to keep that, that connection alive. And I think we all need that now more than ever. I think it's more important now than ever to stay connected in, in the musical world and, and tune off the reality that's going on. I think we need that escape really during these times. Absolutely. I mean, I uh, as soon as I got the call about the postponement on the tour, usually when I'm off tour, I foster bottle baby kittens. Right. And so I hadn't been doing it for a while because we had a tour here, tour there, in between the season of kitten season. And as soon as I got the call, I'm like, well, if we're going to be quarantined, I would love to be quarantined with some kittens. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a rescue out of Los Angeles called Kitten Rescue. Kittenrescue.org is the website. And they usually just pick up the babies that have to be, like, bottle-fed. The three babies I got were from East Valley Animal Shelter, and they just were weaning onto regular food. So right now they're learning the litter box, and they're super awesome to have around when you're bored in your 
apartment. <laughs> How many do you have total right now? Three of my own cats. <laughs> and then I have the three kittens. So there's six cats in my little apartment. <laughs> wow. Right now. Yeah, it seems crazier than it is. But if you do the math, the three kittens don't even equal in weight what one cat equals. So... I try to try to make it sound like I'm not that crazy with cat lady. <laughs> that's that's what you tell yourself at night. Right, right. There, there's technically three cats here, but there's six. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel you. I'm a, I'm a cat person myself. I have my cats in here asleep while while we're doing this. So I, I love it. Cats, I think, are you know a lot more metal than people give them credit. You know, on the outside, but I think they're they're kind of more metal than dogs are, so to speak. They're just a little bit, um, they're different. Like, I love dogs, but I go out of town so much, it's hard to be able to leave a dog with someone for a few days, you know? Yeah. Uh, with the cats, like, I can have somebody come in and check in on them. And, um, you know, uh, if we leave for tour for, like, a month or two months or something, I can have somebody watch the place, and they don't have to worry about walking it all the time. But I love dogs. Don't get me wrong. I just don't have the time, unfortunately. See, that's why cats are, they're more metal. They're loners. <laughs> used to hanging out by themselves like most most uh, metalheads are, too. You know, used to being alone and, and fine by uh, being alone at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I like them. <laughs> Who started this? Because I know your drummer does the same thing as well. Did you get it from him, or did he get you into this adopting kittens? <laughs> The cat stuff, no, my my drummer just finds animals, puts them on his head, and takes pictures of them and posts them online for some reason. It's just something that he loves to do. He just, like, you know how most people, if they see someone, they want to take a selfie with them? If he right. sees an animal, he's like, selfie, for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but yeah, um, I think I got it actually from my dad when my stepmom and was asking my dad, like, hey, let's have a kid. Every time he'd be like, well, let's get a cat. <laughs> so they ended up with like 14 cats instead of a kid. Eventually they adopted a kid too. And so I kind of saw how they were helping these animals. And I think it just kind of um, became something that I ended up being passionate about. I love it. I love it. As a cat owner myself, it's great that, that you're out there doing the time and taking the time. It's it's crazy for me because I grew up with cats, have a cat now, but this last cat that I've got that I've had for seven, eight years now, uh, now all of a sudden I'm allergic to cats for for no... Oh, no. Yeah, some of them have different kind of hair, and I think, like, as we get older, we start, you know, sneezing to different pollens as well. So I do that yeah. every once in a while where I'll be like... I'm like having like a sneezing fit and I'm like, it's not the cats, it's not the cats. <laughs> I just determined this is the last cat I'm going to have just because of the, the allergies yeah. and stuff, but I already fell in love. Yeah, right, like Dr. Evil. Yeah. Speaking of uh, cats, one last cat kind of related thing. I always like to have some fun and, and throw uh, cover songs people's way. And I had thought of a brilliant one for you being a cat lover. I don't know if you'll know the song, but if you listen to it, I think you could do a magic to it. And it has a nice guitar solo and everything. Black Cat by Janet Jackson. Oh, oh wow. That's old school. Yeah, but the 90s are kind of back now, and that was yeah. 90s, and, and you're a cat lover, and I could, uh, I don't know, it just popped in my head, so I always like to throw that out at people. Or we could do like a metal version of the Pink Panther. Or go back to Uncle Ted, Cat Scratch Fever. I mean, I, that's that's always yeah. right for the picking. Let's oh, talk God. I'm sure that's... 
whoever's listening right now that hates cats is like, please change the subject. <laughs> let's, let's change the subject. Let's talk about the songs that are recorded. And Darkness, your second album, you made us wait, but certainly worth the wait. And I heard something crazy, like over 70 songs written for this album. Yeah, we definitely tried ex- a lot of experimenting on this record. We wrote about 50 to 60 songs until we finally dialed in what we wanted it to sound like. Because we didn't want to do the same record that we just did, and we really wanted to like evolve and try something that we could like make sound unique and um, authentic and like different you know and and so we just threw paint until we found a lane and uh you know we ended up using really the last 10 or 11 songs pretty much we only kept like two from all the 60 song writing sessions but yeah it turned it it turned up being the very end of the writing that we ended up keeping pretty much all those songs. Seemed like a little bit more uh, electronic elements in this time, and more keyboard and synth and uh, programming and sequencing and that kind of stuff in this album. Oh, yeah, De- definitely. And I, I wanted to do something like that, but I didn't want it to be too much. Like, I, I don't want to lose our identity where we're still a rock band in active rock mostly, but I did want to explore different territory because I wanted to be able to open it up and, and you know, let other people that wouldn't normally listen to what we usually do um, be able to appreciate it as well. I wanted people to be able to like heavy music, but be able to bake a cake while listening to it, you know? Right. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. I don't know if we're going to do that the next record. We don't want to ever do the same thing every time. I want to keep it like kind of, we don't want to be stuck doing the same songs forever, you know? We want to be able to evolve. So this album was basically us um, not pigeonholing ourselves into one lane and being able to um, explore different genres. It felt like a, a real kind of, and maybe I got downloaded the record out of sequence, but it felt like the first half was was very powerful, and maybe the the second half was a little bit more darker and a little bit more electronic. Um, we tried to kind of give give you like an up and down throughout it, um, and uh, you know where there's like a heavy one here and there, and then there's one, but I definitely think towards the end we got a little bit more experimental. We were like, okay, we've got the the heavier rock songs in there let's let's play a little bit and yeah. we would write some that were a little out of our lane like crooked halo um and stuff that that we wouldn't normally do and went to see if it got approved and they were like sure thumbs up and so we were like okay you like it all right let's do this you know i think that once the album was pretty much done we were able to experiment even more once we knew that these songs were the ones we were going to use and after kind of dialing it in for a little bit finding the sound that we wanted it to sound like we could then go a little more out of our comfort zone and explore some more again. Nicely you had the time and, and the thumbs up from the label and management and everyone involved to do that, to take that time because you always hear about albums always being you know cranked out and what was it, four years in between albums? Three, four years? Yeah, this one took a while. I mean, we, we had it finished and completed about a year and a half ago, I want to say. So the actual release, because we did a waterfall kind of effect with the release, which most rock bands aren't, you haven't really explored too much of that, like where you release like a song a month, kind of like what pop and hip hop does. But the rock genre hasn't really done too much of that. So it was us kind of seeing what would happen with that. And so far, it's done really well. I mean, we got 
two and a half million streams on the album just on Spotify alone and the album just dropped like a week ago so it's been pretty awesome I think it's going really well yeah I love the album and, and certainly I wanted to ask you about the tune uh, Lost with really cool to hear you and, and Sully Erna but I'm curious and, and you gotta be honest with me who's taller you or Sully <laughs> well, yeah, I think we actually measured it my mom even measured it with him and Sully's just a little bit taller than my mom and I think <laughs> that him and I are exactly the same height I want to say but yeah he's he's got a huge energy about him that makes him about twice my height oh yeah and a ferocious voice and then just like he, he comes alive you know on stage and, and seriously even- like a like a, almost like turns into a werewolf like it just stretches out and it expands into this wolf of a monster yeah he is one inspiring powerful human being and uh you know we got to i, I met him a couple years back it was one of those kind of friendships where you just meet someone and you instantly click like you just know like this like you feel like you've known them forever mm-hmm. um and so we just grew this strong friendship over the last couple of years and um when we were you know, finishing up the writing, my management was like, hey, would you want to ask him if he wants to sing on, like, one of your songs? I'm like, no, I don't want to ask him that, you know? But I did. I just sent the text. You know, he could say no. I'm like, you could say no to this. And he's like, no, I would love to. I just got to make sure it's the right song. And so we all kind of went around in circles, which with what song, um, whether it was going to be a cover. I wanted to do an original, obviously. And then eventually when the album was written, the song Lost had a really like a heavier part in it in the bridge that needed, I feel like, some vocals over it. And I was like, this would be perfect for him to come in and, you know, lay something down. And everybody liked the idea. Foley said it was the best he's ever heard a sound. So he was super stoked on the song. And then I flew to Nashville where Godsmack moved their studio out to Nashville so bands could go and record over there and then he tracked his vocals and on the way outside of the studio he's just like who's gonna sing my parts and I'm like well you know the the band can do it or if we're out on tour with someone maybe they'd want to come up you know preferably you (laughs) (laughs) you know and then the tour happened which was honestly it was also he him and his booking agent and management went around the entire industry to make sure that we got on that bill Um, wow we we didn't even have a booking agent at the time. We were kind of in between guys, and he like went around every band that would want that lot. I mean, there's ten thousand, twelve thousand people at those shows, you know. Oh yeah, at the um, big tour. It was huge. We learned so much. I watched Godsmack every single night, except one because there wasn't any room side stage. So uh, I was like, I didn't see you over there. Where were you? I'm like, I watched <laughs> every show. So it was really amazing, definitely a life experience. We filmed like a live performance video of us duetting that song together so that really I just wanted something to like remember it from and it was like one of those dream come true kind of tours. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, A, you got to be there when you recorded the the vocals, which is cool. He could have certainly, you know, emailed you the files or whatever and then B, took you out on the road after that, got to do it live. That's really cool. I think fans need to do that more often, that that sort of cosign where a bigger band kind of brings up a a newer band, so to speak. Yeah, it does happen. It's not... It's kind of few and far between, but I love this the collaboration thing. I think it happens a lot more in like hip hop and stuff. But For sure. I, I feel like rock artists should be thinking about doing that more so, and I hope that that becomes a a thing because I mean it's good for it's really cool to like collaborate with a different artist. We have another song that we're working on with another band as well. 
and I just track the vocals for that. So when that comes out, it'll be really awesome because I've known the singer of this band since like 2008. I've known him for a very long time, but it's going to be really cool. And I just want to like collaborate with everyone, even if it's not rock, like Selena Gomez, let's hang out, you know? <laughs> Maybe that'll happen with, with everyone sitting at home now. I think there will be some more uh, collaborations going on, you know, more projects, so to speak. Yeah, I think that this this whole isolation thing is making people get their creative energy out. Out. We, we're working on some music. Hopefully, there's some great art that comes out of this. Fingers crossed. Mixie, I appreciate all the time. I just got two last questions for you just to have some fun and wrapping up kind of music fans. All of us are, you know, what you do, what I do. It's all because we love music ultimately. So I have a little uh, music game I like to play to everyone. Put groups in, in bands into a little grouping and then make you pick your favorite out of the grouping. Okay. This one is what I call the, the 90s and I encapsulate it by calling it the Flannel Five. <laughs> So these are kind of like the biggest bands from that that time period. So we're talking Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. And I'm curious, out of those five, who would be your, your numero uno of the Flannel Five? Nirvana, for sure. When I was in middle school, I, I used to wish I was Kurt Cobain. Really? <laughs> like I, I think I never took showers and I never brushed <laughs> my hair. I was grunge to the bone, you know, like Doc Martin, Jinkos, you know, uh, <laughs> Definitely, like, owned at least 20 plaid shirts and Nirvana t-shirts. I probably had about, like, 10 or 15 of those. You start skateboarding, learning how to I skateboard? I did, yeah. I had a little <laughs> old school skateboard. That's rad. So, Nirvana, that's a, it, was that really the first band that you kind of fell in love with overall? I mean, it was definitely one of the first. My, I think that what I actually grew up hearing, because my dad listened to it, was like the Beatles and oldies and stuff like that, and Beach ah. Boys. And then uh, when I started to explore from the local rock radio station in Orlando, I started to explore like Nine Inch Nails and Corn and Metallica and my um, and Nirvana and my neighbor. Her dad had this huge collection of like CDs and stuff. So I'd go over there, I'd borrow a CD for a little bit, and then I'd bring it back and hope that he didn't notice that Metallica was gone. For, like, <laughs> Um, do you, do you remember yeah. which Metallic album you swiped? I think it was the Black Album, I want to say. Yeah, Wait. probably. With Inner yeah. Sandman. And... I, yeah, Inner Sandman. I, and I think, there, yeah, that was the one I think I kept for a while. I think I even broke <laughs> the case because it was in those jewel cases back then and hoped it. I don't think he knew. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Awesome. Just to uh, wrap it up, pick a Nirvana song to play on the radio. Uh, Heart Shaped Box. Beautiful. And then the last one will go from early 90s to late 90s and into the 2000s and add one for what I call the new metal six-pack. This one will be Rage Against the Machine, Corn, Linkin Park, Slipknot, Disturbed, System of a Down. Ooh, Linkin Park. And what's the song? You're going to ask me what song, too. I forgot mm. what it's called. On the Edge? Oh, crawl, crawl. Crawling. Let's do crawl. Crawling, yeah. So why Linkin Park? Is it because of Chester? Is it just because of the, the fusing of hip-hop and hard rock and heavy metal? Or what, what, what grabbed you about them? I don't know. There's something. I mean, I, I think Chester has a lot to do with it. He just, I don't know. He's just like one of those. Uh, I obviously am drawn to people that have that sadness inside them and he was able to or that band was able to put rock and electronics together really well as well kind of similar to what we have tried to do in a way yeah, um, yeah I, I think that if you listen to the words it's pretty powerful and I love the melodies he's an amazing performer and yeah good band 
Yeah, I think the thing about Chester is I, I don't think he's ever going to uh, win any singing contest per se, but but you believe and feel every word he says and every, every note he screams. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and we're picking Crawling for our song. Yeah. Killer. Mixie, thank you so much for the time. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at kcalfm.com. Adios,